When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Cuties, I don't know how we got here, but we got here. It is our 100th episode. To celebrate, we're going to have a virtual holiday show. The nice part is that this will be virtual, so anyone that wants to come can come. Now for the naughty bits, <laughs> unlike the ones you have to touch if you're an anamorph. This will be for Patreon members only. So Patreon members will be sent a link for the day of the live show, and you'll be able to join us on Zoom where we can play games together, you can ask us questions, you can just sit in and observe the chaos. So make sure you are subscribed to our Patreon at any dollar amount level that you would like to be. And a few days leading up to the live show, you will be sent that link. See you there. Hello, I am Donnie and I am the cute one. And I'm Chelsea and I am the cute one. And today we are joined in our hearts by the cutest one and that is Brittany Jean Spears because we are covering Crossroads finally. You've finally. Asked. We wanted to cover it a hundred episodes ago, but it was not available anywhere, but they re-released it in theaters and Chelsea and I went with notebooks and here we are. Or we just bought the DVD on eBay. <laughs> So the movie originally came out February 15th, 2002. It was a Friday. I know this is Chelsea's catchphrase, but I'm going to start saying it because if it catches on, then we can make merch. (laughs) So this is just the long con. I really love that the past couple of episodes, we have been just saying, oh, that would make good merch. That would make good merch. Now, have we made merch? No, we haven't. When is the last merch we made? I think about nine months ago. That's very true. I say I'm going to make merch because then if we get DMs about it, like I am the cunt one, ashes to ashes, Cunts to cunts. We received messages about how that should be merch. So if we get messages saying, oh yeah, that's merch, then I know we hit something good. But if I say I'm going to make, it was a Friday merch and we don't get one DM, mm. I know maybe we should leave it alone. <laughs> right out of the gate, not following the outline on a total tangent. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm mm. glad you brought up I am the cunt one because mm-hmm. I've turned a corner in my life. I do love that we are taking the word back, that we are using cunty for the highest praise. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask that you say the C word as much as you'd like in a positive manner. I did that whole episode. I don't know if it was a positive manner. No, it was. I promise. Um, Number two. What was number two? I got so distracted. Yelling at me. Shit. See, this is why I can't stage an intervention because then my mind goes blank. Keep it that way. I do want to create merch for the upcoming holiday season. I really want to make stickers Mm. with the guy from Love Actually holding a sign that says, I jerked off to your wedding video. Yeah, we've been censored by our previous merch people. And if they don't like the words jerking off, they are not going to like, I am the cunt one. No, have a cunty Christmas. (laughs) They're really going to have issues. Put the cunt back in Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) 
let's talk about February 15th. Mm-hmm. John Q was top of the box office with Crossroads as number two. Mm-hmm. And then the final Family Guy episode aired on Fox. But then DVD sales and high ratings and syndication convinced the network to bring it back. But it was supposed to end February 15th, 2002. <laughs> Always on Time by Ja Rule and Ashanti was number one on the Billboard charts. And typing that just made me so joyful. Because did you know I was an Ashanti head? I didn't know it specifically, but yes, that oh. tracks. Yeah. That holds up. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not a big karaoke fan, but I would do a duet with you and I would play the part of Ja Rule. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think we could go through their whole discography then. Ja Rule and Ashanti, if they had an Eras tour, I would go in a second. Oh, 100%. Oh my God, we could release a Christmas album, but it's just us singing all of their songs in order. I love that. And we'll have Jingle Bells occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, I loved Ashanti, but I also... I loved Britney. Mm -hmm. This was before I knew I was gay, so I thought it was because I thought she was hot. She was, but that's not why (laughs) I had her poster on my wall. Then my Britney love transcended and followed me into adulthood. I saw Once Upon a One More Time, the Britney Spears musical, Mm -hmm, 10 mm -hmm. times on Broadway. And you may recall, it only played 123 performances. So that's close to 10%. We love math. We do. I've been very mathematical the past few episodes. You sure have. I think those books have expanded our brain. No wonder they want to ban those books. Look at us now. I think we have like three total neurons between the two Uh, of us. Chelsea, now that we don't have to read books, I've tried... To read the new Hunger Games book before I see the movie. And plot wise, it is very good. Oh, I loved it. Yes, I love it. Yeah. But I'm having such a hard time. I really can't read. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, you know, when people run a marathon, it's not like they're going to go out the next day and run a 5K. We need time to rest, recuperate, drink some electrolytes. We need to rest our muscle that is That's our very noggin. True. You know? You're right. You're right. Thank you. For but that. can we just talk really quick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am nervous because we have some inside scoop with SAG and strikes, etc. I know the cuties love the books and don't worry, cuties that like to read. We do have some things in the works. However, if a strike happens again, we need to backlog some episodes. Yes. Yeah, we will. I loved Britney, obviously. I think anybody would be a monster to be like, nah, wasn't really into Britney. Because (laughs) even if you weren't into her music or that wasn't your genre, it was undeniable what a force she was when she broke out and just became like the most famous pop star of all time. I've talked about having to do my penance with the PerezHilton.com era. Like, I am part of the problem. We all were part of the problem. But this Britney book, and I know Cuties a lot of you wanted us to talk about it, do a bonus episode about it, talk about it on our Cocktails with Cuties Instagram Live. It's just hard to be funny about the it. The closest you're going to get to us covering that book is this movie, I think. There were times in this movie where I was like, is this the right choice? But we committed. Yeah. But we could not do it to this whole book. No, because our brand is making fun of shit and laughing about things that we shouldn't laugh at. Believe me, I'm going to be cackling at some things in this movie that are not funny. That's just kind of our (laughs) MO. But her book, if you have not read it, even if you're not somebody who's into memoirs, it is worth the read. It's honestly worth the listen. I listened to Michelle Williams do a strange Louisiana Southern accent, and I loved it. In Britney's book, she talks about this movie and she talks about how she was accidentally method acting and like became Lucy. Mm. And I think that had I not watched this movie recently, that would have made me laugh because it's like, well, you are Lucy, right? But I forgot how dark this movie is. 
Mm-hmm. And then behind the scenes, she talks about her team was basically trying to make her work harder and harder and more and more until the director finally had to step in and was like, oh hey, God. um, actually, we don't need 18 hour days from her. Like, she's doing great. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love this director. And once we get into the episode, I'll like give more. She really looked out for Britney multiple times. Mm-hmm. I love that. Me too. Case in point. Not funny. <laughs> just sad. Yeah. So... Brittany, glad you're free. You do whatever dances you want to do on Instagram. You live your life, girl. Please. So, if today's episode makes you laugh or scream, or today might make you cry, I don't know, <laughs> give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to help us find new... <laughs> I was going to say cunts like you, but... <laughs> as long as it's in a positive way. <laughs> And it is, if you give us five stars. I'll use it the way Chelsea doesn't like if you leave us left. There's an exception to every rule. That's the exception. You let me off the leash, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sick him, Donnie. Misogyny for the win. Woo! So, a little background information on this movie. Okay. It was directed by Tamara Davis, and she directed a bunch of music videos in the 90s, including Hanson's Oombop, which is... <gasps> A fun little tidbit. Uh-huh. And then a lot of TV show episodes, including Empire and High School Musical, the musical, the series. But then also, randomly in her filmography, is Billy Madison. Huh. What <laughs> yeah. a nice little grab bag of fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. High School Musical, 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 the series. What the fuck did you just say? High School Musical, the musical, the series. Okay. You would actually like it. It's filmed like The Office, and it's very meta. It's about the school where High School Musical was filmed, but it like makes fun of High School Musical and makes fun of musicals in general. And okay. Olivia Rodrigo's in it. It's good. Okay. So something <laughs> that I found that I love from the director, she said Britney was always involved in the making of this movie. I don't think anything happened on the film without making sure Britney was happy with it first. I love that. Me too. I really was heartwarmed reading that. Yeah. It was written. Cuties, buckle up. If you don't know this, now you know. It was written by the Shonda Rhimes. Mm. Perhaps you've heard of her from her work on Bridgerton, Inventing Anna, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, or The Princess Diaries, too. So she wrote this. Mm-hmm. The budget was $12 million, and it made $62 million worldwide. Wow. Which, <sighs> I'm just going to say it really quick. Like, yes, there are, quote, better movies of the time, of teen movies, like, bring it on, whatever, that we're out at this time. But if you look at the worst movies, this was not a part of it. I think people just wanted to hate it and not support yeah. it. Yeah. I think that people probably didn't take it seriously because Britney Spears was yeah. the lead, blah, blah, blah. But for the topics that they cover, yeah, was it, like, the best acting I've ever seen? No. But it's honestly pretty fucking good. I agree. And the sad part is, I'm sure some of it is Britney... Uh method acting because the times that she is best is like the heartbreaking scene crying on the bathroom floor because her parents Uh love her etc yeah yeah so knowing that it's a tough watch but just acting wise it's fine like leave her alone which leads me to awards and critics britney won the razzie for worst actress and i'm not a girl not yet a woman won the razzie for worst song and again, I've said it eight times and we're only 10 minutes in. I think people just wanted to go into this movie and be miserable. Yes. Yeah. Not to say his name twice. If I say it a mm. third time, he's going to pop up behind me and draw a dick on my face. But <laughs> this was the lead up to the true Perez Hilton era of just let's hate women for sport and shit on every single thing they do. <laughs> like, okay. 
Halle Berry, I hope Quinn doesn't listen to this episode, Halle Berry winning the Razzie for Worst Actress in Catwoman. Okay, yeah, I could well, see it. funny you should say that. Just in my household yesterday, at this very table I'm sitting at recording this, Quinn called you an idiot yet again for thinking <laughs> that Halle Berry is not funny. Well, I must have sensed it. I sensed that Quinn was talking shit. So right back at you, Quinn. I think you're a big old idiot, too, for calling that woman a great actress. I visited my friend in Seattle recently, and so naturally I had to spread the good word of Moonfall. I am Moonfall's greatest disciple. And so we watched Moonfall, and her in that movie, my God, the woman just delivers a line like this. The moon is falling. Oh, so you don't like her at all. I love her. She's in my favorite movie, Moonfall. I just find it funny that people think she's good. Hmm. Okay. Wait until I make you watch X-Men. I love X-Men. Again, I love her. She's just bad. People listen to this podcast every week. They love it. Does that mean we're good at what we do? Absolutely not. Do you know the thing that happens to a frog in a rain? Same thing as everything else. The moon is falling. Meow. Christ. Okay. Back to the outline. Critics tore it apart. It has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the best review I could find was from the New Times in LA, who gave it a 50%. But Raji, Raji E, gave it one and a half stars and said Britney Spears' feature debut is curiously low-key and even sad. Yeah, babe, it's supposed to be sad. (laughs) I don't know what movie you watched, but okay. It's like, this movie made me feel things, and I hate it. (laughs) Now, I do think it was a marketing, like, Jennifer's Body issue, Uh because I did watch the trailer, and it's like Britney Spears lip-syncing and jumping on the bed and her panties Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the movie, and I think they focused on that aspect in the trailer. So then people came in and were hit with these topics and was like, Oh. It was marketed as like a yeah. fun times. We're singing. We're in a convertible. Yahoo, girl power. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is, cuties. <laughs> Buckle up because we're going crossroads. Okay, there are no taglines for this movie. There is a lot of trivia, though. It's mostly all just the same sentence over and over again. So I'll get that out of the way first. Dan Aykroyd M. Kim Cattrall only accepted the role because they wanted to meet Britney Spears. Dan Aykroyd was a weird choice this. Yeah. Quinn walked in when I was watching the movie and saw Dan Aykroyd as the father and he said, that's her dad? I said, yeah. And Kim Cattrall's the mom. He said, you cannot tell me those two ever fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't write it. That's why she ran away. She woke up the next day and saw who the father was. Oopsie kitty. (laughs) Meow. The role of Lucy's mother was originally written for Madonna, but she didn't take it. So then they also considered Lisa Kudrow. But I think Kim Cattrall was the right choice. Yeah. Also, the right choice in casting was Mimi Tamron. What's her name? Tamron Manning. Taryn. Taryn Manning. Oh, yeah. Tamron Hall. (laughs) (laughs) But Taryn Manning was Mimi. Melissa Joan Hart was considered for the role of Mimi. Oh, no. (laughs) Two more bits of trivia. One, this is the highest grossing movie in Japan. (laughs) Okay. Love that. Thank you for your support. And Anson Mount, who played Ben, was reluctant to take the part because he thought the script was cheesy. But he was working with Robert De Niro at the time, who apparently is a huge Britney Spears fan. And he told him to take the role. And then after he did take the role, he helped him run lines. I really love everything I'm learning in this episode. I love that every A-list celebrity, like the most famous people you've mentioned so far this episode, are huge Britney Spears fans. Yeah. 
As you should be. Mm-hmm. That's why we are so famous. Mm-hmm. Ask, believe, receive, and so it God is. is good all the time. What character, if any, do you identify well, as? Well, I think this is one of those movies where you're supposed to kind of see yourself in each mm. part a little bit. So I'm a little bit Mimi. I'm a little bit Kit. I'm a little bit Ben. Basically everybody but Lucy. That fucking oh, good wow. Hmm. So I'll step up to the plate. Not to have main character syndrome, but I do think I am Lucy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I was a virgin when I graduated high school and I was a goody goody until one day I was just like, I don't think so anymore, babe. And that's what this movie is about. Yeah. I'm Lucy. Got in a convertible and never looked back. <laughs> never. The back of one where I lost my virginity in my high school parking lot, as you may remember. To Big Bird. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. All right, it is time for our one minute recap of this movie. And to help us, we're going to have one of our Patreon subscribers, Elliot, give us a recap of this fine film. So the 2002 movie Crossroads, written by Shonda Rhimes, starring our Lord and Savior Brittany Jean Spears, Taryn Manning, and Zoe Saldana, is a story of three young friends who agree that they're going to go across country to help Taryn Manning win a singing contest with a man who wears flip-flops with jeans. Along the way, they get into all sorts of hijinks. She calls her dad, played by Dan Aykroyd. He's mad. It's like, Lucy, come home. Then she decides to go see her mother, played by Kim Cattrall, who does not want her. Then she gets really upset. Then she has sex with the man who wears flip-flops. Britney Spears gets up on stage, sings I Love Rock and Roll. It turns out the father of Taryn Manning's unborn baby is actually the boyfriend of Zoe Saldana. And there's a lot of drama. She falls down the stairs. And they all learn that they are not girls, but not yet women. And everyone goes home happy. Okay, so it wouldn't be I Am The Cute One without parents who don't pay attention to where their children are. And so our movie begins with three young girls sneaking out of the house to bury a box in a field. What's in the box? our dreams. Yeah, not much, apparently. (laughs) They make a pact that they will dig it back up at midnight, the day of their high school graduation, and they seal it with a few wishes. The main one being that they'll be best friends forever. I don't know about the rest of the wishes, but spoiler alert, this wish (laughs) did not come true. Now, before we get into the wishes and graduation day and all that, this first scene was a jump scare that did not age well. Put it in our blockbuster segment because old Square Jaw herself, the first out in Dancing with the Stars, our infamous cat killer of Louisiana, Jamie Lynn Spears, plays the young version of Britney Spears' character, and I screamed when she showed up on screen. Just riding those coattails from day fucking one. You've told me the cat story before, but can you remind me? Yeah, at least three times she put in her Instagram stories that she she backed up in her driveway over a cat, like a feral cat from the neighborhood. And like each time she was like, oh, did it again. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's not funny. But again, you got to laugh so you don't cry. That is a serial cat killer. I wish she would lean into that. I will never stand her, not once. But her saying like, hi guys, you might know me as an actress and singer. No, I don't, actually. I need you to say you are a cash mule that hooked your cart to Britney and you killed cats. Then you might get my vote on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> well, 
Okay. Eight years later, graduation has arrived and the former friends could not be more different. Lucy, who is Brittany, is an awkward, quiet, virgin, valid Victorian. Kit, Zoe Saldana, is the most popular bitch at school. And Mimi is played by Taryn Manning. So you already know what she is? Because she's an ostracized pregnant teen from where? The wrong side of the track. (sighs) (laughs) Choo-choo. There's a certain point in a person's age where they just say like, oh, this friendship is not going to follow me into (laughs) a new school. It was fine in elementary school. It was fine at church. But like now that more people will see me in public with you, this has to end. <laughs> now, I feel comfortable saying it because it happened to me a few times, but I also did it a couple times. I love this journey for you because I'm the type of person that if you become my friend, I'm going to die with you as my friend. Mm. You treat me like shit. You're bad to me. I'm still going to be sending you a birthday text and going to your baby shower. Wait, really? Obligation. Yeah. You wouldn't consider me a people pleaser just because, you know, I'm a bitch. All bitches say they're people pleasers. So I do believe you are one. You believe I am one or you believe I think I'm one? I believe you are one because a lot of my issues in my marriage are because Quinn is the only one that gets what I want to give the rest of the world. So I I think people that say I'm a people pleaser are a bitch as an outlet somewhere. So like for me, that's to my husband. For you, that's to your co-host who you give an intervention to as soon as he logs on. (laughs) But I do think you people please the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to start people pleasing you is what you're saying? Yeah, actually. I'm going to start giving a standing ovation the next time you say a C <laughs> word. I'm going to say, brava, yes, well done. You do that. Thank you. But I could learn a little something from you to just cut out friendships, cut out toxicity. No, I didn't say cut out toxicity. I, I, I very much need to work on that in therapy myself. But oh. elementary school going into middle school or middle school going into high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the schools got bigger. So like as the stakes got higher, I was like, I need to think about this rebrand uh-huh. here. Cool. So cuties, don't rate us five stars because if this podcast grows to a certain point, I can't guarantee that I will be employed anymore. Donnie's moving on to bigger and better. Yeah, it'll be me and Heather McDonald hosting a podcast. (laughs) Just don't give her any earrings to borrow. Lucy's lack of a life finally catches up to her. She's never been to a party or football game, and she spent all of her time studying, so she decides to have sex with Justin Long, but just needs a reminder as to why she wants this. So she has him read her a list. Can you hear all that? What was that? (laughs) They're, like, doing (laughs) work outside, and it sounds like they're just slamming metal things against each other. I thought it was that man dropping off another paint can. Just throwing it against the wall. (laughs) But she just needs a reminder as to why she wants this. So she has him read her a list she made him write of all the reasons they should go through with it. But even when the list is read, she still doesn't want to do it. I just like the fact that Britney Spears is like a quote unquote loser. If you look like Britney Spears in high school, you could literally be a total weirdo and still be popular. You could have quite literally not said a single word to anybody. And just by looks alone in the high school setting, you are rising to the top. Agreed. Yeah. Have you ever met people who are so good looking that you finally have a conversation with them and you're like, huh, there's nothing behind the eyes. I have a couple times on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> 
Being the top student or popular with a fiance in college doesn't mean you're fulfilled. So Lucy and Kit meet Mimi in the field to dig up their box of wishes. Unearthing Lucy's dream of meeting her mom in Arizona, Kit's wish to get married, and Mimi's wish to go to California. And even though they haven't talked in eight years, they decide a road trip to California is a great way to accomplish everything on the list. Lucy can see her mother in Arizona, Kit can visit her fiancé who she hasn't seen in six months, and Mimi can audition for a talent contest in L.A. This is not normal behavior. No, quite unhinged, actually, and not in a fun, whimsical way, but in a, like, you might be murdered on this road trip kind of way. Two things. Number one, Box of Wishes would make an amazing celebrity perfume. Mm, I was thinking a country song. Yeah, either. <laughs> I got my box of wishes and my shotgun and my Bud Light and my dog. But also, could you imagine Emmy Rossum being like, box of wishes i can Mm -hmm. did you ever see the mary kate and ashley saturday night live skit where they have two perfumes yes of course we could recreate that too for our (gasps) christmas album yes i'll be the one that like farts (laughs) if you're feeling gassy done if you're feeling cunty chelsea You got it. Yeah. I'm so pleased by you, a person. Number two. Thank God they had real wishes. I don't know like what specifically I would have wished for at 10 years old, but I can guarantee my 18 year old self drunk on my high school graduation, digging up this box and like opening up like a soccer ball. Like, (laughs) I wish to be the next Mia Hamm. It's like, well, sorry, bitch. Not going to happen. You're right. And also... Like, thank God they were such big things that these girls still didn't tackle them. Right. Like, <laughs> I wish to get my period. Woo! Like, you dig up a slim <laughs> tampon and you're like, sorry, that happened, but we are sporting ultra pearls these days. <laughs> yeah. So you just paint it green and make a John Bonet advent <laughs> calendar. <laughs> Multi purpose. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda 
And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. We've talked about road trip etiquette before and how you don't let people pee if you're driving. Mm -hmm. But our second jump scare of this movie triggered me for two reasons. One, the girls sing Bye 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 when they find it on the radio. And I know, I know in my soul, I don't know if this is in the book. I don't need it to be in the book because I know it. Justin had something to do with this. Like, I know he was on set just sitting in that chair watching them film. Say, like, congratulations, my baby. For shiz, for shiz. It would mean (laughs) the world if you got this song in your movie. Like, I cannot. Okay, that may have been one of your worst impressions and yet the best just because it was so wrong. Justin Timberlake famously has a very high-pitched voice, so it's more like, Hey, baby, I want to be in your movie for shiz, for shiz. <laughs> okay, you're right. You that can't was have good. anything that I don't have, and I want to be just as famous as you for shiz, for shiz. Yeah, that was better. But mine was hauntingly beautiful. Hauntingly, yes. <laughs> and number two reason it triggered me. Mimi's friend Ben is the one driving, and the girls force him to turn off his music to put on music that he clearly hates. That's interesting that you believe that Ben, the driver, should be in charge of music. Because as I recall, you don't have a license. And yet, I have heard firsthand account of the eardrum assault you inflict upon innocent bystanders during road trips. They all signed up for it. Like Tom, I was in the passenger seat and Tom said, Donnie, put on your music. So I was then given the opportunity to... So what you were saying is Tom was asking for it. (laughs) Yes. I would describe my playlist like a warm hug, but the times that you've put on your playlist, it's more like the ALS ice bucket (laughs) challenge. Here's why you're wrong. You got in Tom's car where I was already given permission to play my music. It was known when that rental car pulled up, Donnie would hook his audio to the ox and be in charge for the whole time that car was in action. You stepped foot in that car. You entered my safe space. If you told me, Donnie, put on music, I would not give you the same tunes that I was giving Tom, Kix, and Kendrick. I understand your point, but you're taking playlist reciprocity where I think the clock resets at each car ride. So yes, you still had the aux cord, but we look around, we reshuffle the algorithm. Maybe we take out some Glee tunes. Maybe we take out some, I don't know what else, mostly just the show (laughs) tunes, really. Fine. You have a point. But to back that up on my end Uh I for the most part did play it for you but with that said I did play it for you so I was like oh Chelsea's in the car let me put on Leah Michelle singing Christmas Uh, shoes so you did curate the playlist but it was one of torture (laughs) yeah I'm glad we got to the punctuation mark here 
Okay. So you said <laughs> ALS ice bucket challenge? No. A cold plunge that lasts forever. Yeah, I'm going to put you in the dunk tank at the carnival. That's what that was. <laughs> you made me Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic. Okay. <laughs> but music is the least of their problems in this car. When they learn, they only have $468 to their name and no plan. And this is why every group needs an older sister that actually acts like an older sister. Because <laughs> this scene gave me bubble guts. I wanted to give the movie one and a half stars at this Yeah, point. this is where you are, Lucy, because that gave you bubble gut and you would be counting our quarters, mm-hmm. taking it to a coin star, figuring shit out. This is why I ended up sleeping in my car during Mardi Gras, because, you know, we just went on a whim and oopsie kitty, no hotels to book once we get there during Mardi Gras. So we just slept in the car on Bourbon Street. (laughs) Here I am alive to tell the tale. (sighs) I don't even know how to yes and this because I am my whole insides are just shriveled up. But let's go back to Ben for a second. He is the one driving. He's a musician with anger issues and a back tattoo who is overprotective of his car and, according to Kit, just got out of jail for killing somebody. I would fuck him in a second. Oh, my God. This might be our first person in the center of our Venn diagram. Oh, As soon as yeah. he put on that little beanie and kind of got mad about his car. Ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. Me too. The back tattoo added many points for me as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, like a <laughs> stupid back tattoo that they really committed to at too young of an age. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that tells me you're not afraid to commit because you're going <laughs> to have those wings on your back for the rest of your life, whether you want them or <laughs> Even not. Even if I thought he got out of jail for killing somebody, when it was Zoe Saldana and him in the car and the other two were in the grocery store, I probably would have blew him quick. <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> no, if I was Zoe Saldana. I oh, mean, oh, oh. When she realized it was just the two of them and she's like, oh, got to go. I would be like, you know what? <laughs> we got three minutes. You know what? Let me pay you for gas. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. In Louisiana, their car breaks down, taking $350 of their funds and a day out of their itinerary. And cancel clear, immediately cancel clear, cancel clear. My biggest fear on the way to a road trip, you know that if I plan something, there is a curse. Someone will pass away. Someone will end up in the hospital. It just happens every time I put my heart and soul into planning a long trip. Uh Luckily, cancel clear, cancel clear, cancel clear. I have never broken down on the way to one of these trips that I've planned in my life. Every time I'm on a highway and see a car on the side of the road, I always think about it. Cancel Cancel clear clear one more time. Cancel clear. Yeah. (laughs) People do really kick the bucket around any trip you plan. Truly. Usually only tied to a murder mystery. If there's a murder mystery involved in the trip. (laughs) Someone's dying. Yeah. And it's not written on that paper. You got me this time. So hopefully I'm good for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But I truly, I've taken out relatives of my husband. Mm. You got it. A couple other people have got it. I mean, Jamie Lynn Spears is the cat killer, but you're the murder mystery bandit, really. (laughs) I am. I need to be studied. You're going to go on Instagram live. Oops, got another one. (laughs) (laughs) But really what I really love about my friends is that out of all these deaths that I've caused, it only ended up canceling one murder mystery. (laughs) Because they don't have phones to kill their time, they fight. 
about Kit being judgmental and selfish, about Lucy's lack of patience, and about Mimi's harebrained ideas. Which, here's another one. How about in order to raise the money they need, the three of them enter a local karaoke contest? Thank God this town they broke down in has <laughs> the most exclusive, high-paying karaoke gig in the whole country. <laughs> a real kismet. I don't typically like karaoke unless of course it's us planning our Ashanti Ja Rule duet Uh but I did go to the most fun karaoke bar ever in San Diego when I was there for a cool 24 hours for my cousin's bachelorette party and it was because everybody in that bar was our exact same age and everybody acted like it was a real live concert performance where people Uh. were like singing along taking videos taking pictures at one point somebody sang Stacy's mom has got it going on and the whole bar was like oh like it was so fun that sounds fun nobody was good at singing but everybody committed to their Mm. performance which i think is the sweet spot of karaoke where they're not too good where it makes you feel bad about going next but everybody was like fully just putting on a show that is beautiful Mm -hmm. i mostly do private room karaoke because i cannot sing if i'm listening to still talking Wait till you hear it singing. So I do love a private room karaoke and not like a public one, but I think I would love that place. Also, Mimi sings lead vocals and it is a flop because she's nervous and can't sing. But why? Why would they think anything else? Lucy steps in and kills it. Why was this never not the main plan? Right. I mean, unless we got explicit footage of her rubbing her belly and being like, I hope everybody's got a generous pocket tonight. Please break out the ones (laughs) and the 20s because I got a baby to feed. But yeah, it absolutely should have been Lucy from the beginning. Thank you. I agreed. Now I have another question. They said it's a karaoke contest, but then they said like, make sure to tip them if you like them. So did every person that performed get money of some kind if they were tipped or did all the tips go to the winner? I feel like it was like a drag brunch where everybody got tipped but you tip as much as okay. you feel they deserve. It's your fault. Which is why everybody started booing when Mimi uh-huh. got out there. Well, then I'm going to say this really quick. This might be controversial, but Mimi and Kit as backup singers were unnecessary. Lucy did the thing by herself. She did not need backup. So just from a money-making businesswoman point of view, even if they were terrible, Mimi and Kit should have done a solo on their own just to bring in a little extra cash. That is super true. Yeah. Now, I never entered a karaoke contest because, again, I can't sing. But in college, there was a lip sync contest where me and my partner, not partner like man, partner as in dance partner, we did Tilt Your Head Back by Nelly and Christina Aguilera. And she was Christina Aguilera. I was Nelly. We did like gangster and doll inspired outfits. Full choreo. So good. But when the lineup got made, we were first to perform. So like, what a way to start the show. Uh Hands up, ladies and gentlemen. But then there were so many performances that the judges like forgot about us basically by the end. We did not win. We didn't place even in the top three because like dance troupe who went last got it. And that was just a convoluted mess. Is this a story (laughs) you've told yourself or has it been confirmed that the judges forgot about you? Um, It's a story I told myself, but anyone with eyes would believe this story as well. Hmm. So Ben may be a murderer, but he also has a heart of gold, like Dexter. Because (laughs) when Lucy gets groped by an Aeropostale... Do you say Aeropostale or Aeropostale? Aeropostale. 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 That doesn't sound right now. 
Aeropostale. Aeropostale. There was a whole TikTok about people telling each other how to pronounce it, and I disagreed with everybody. All right, hold on. Let me... I got to put myself in the frame of mind. Okay, I've got my Jansport. All right, I'm going to go to the ball, <laughs> and I'm going to hit up Abercrombie and then Aeropostale. Okay, Aeropostale is how I say it. Okay. I'm going to go to the mall, and I'm going to hit up the Gap and Aeropostale. Pastel is what Pastel. I say. Pastel. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> with Will Ferrell. Oh, no, that's right. That's not. Will Ferrell. <laughs> but what's going to happen is by the end of this, I'm going to be yelling at you like, it's Pharrell. It's Pharrell. Like somehow I am going to be brainwashed by you. Uh, welcome. <laughs> You're one of many. Mm-hmm. So Lucy gets groped by an Aeropostale wearing loser at the bar. And Ben gets into a bar fight for her honor. And then the girls return to the hotel where they stay up all night and share the best and worst things to ever happen to them. So now, Chelsea, I want to know the best and worst thing that ever happened. Just kidding. Could you imagine? I have an answer. And much like Kit, it's the same. You. (laughs) The best and the worst thing to ever happen to me is you. Thank you. That's beautiful. I thought you meant you went to fat camp. (laughs) I was like, what? This is very Roni reboot coded in terms of like trauma bonding. And I personally love it. Everything I see about Roni, they hate it. They're like, oh, it's so sad. It's trauma bonding. I could watch people trauma bond. With a spoon all day. You know, Twitter is just a place that I type things to screenshot and post oh, yeah. to Instagram. So I think the only person I follow is literally you. <laughs> so whenever I log on, it always tickles me on my feed to see what you've been tweeting lately because it's just you. Just you, all of your thoughts. <laughs> and let me tell you, just one after the other, it reads like a diary of a madman. And I really enjoy that you've <sighs> really gotten into the spirit. You're back to your roots. You're just fighting with people about Bravo on Twitter now. But it's not a fight. I read people that are already heated uh-huh. and then I comment knowing that I'm never going to respond to that. So they're already upset with their opinion and then I give my comment that disagrees with how they feel knowing that that's going to upset them and they're going to come back with more that they're never going to get an answer with. It makes me joyful. It makes me joyful to watch because I can never figure out Uh where things go and who's replying to who. So I'll just be logging on and I'll see Donnie Lopez Fitzgerald says, that's stupid. (laughs) I don't know what is stupid, but retweet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Back to your original point. Mm -hmm. I hate shit like this. Mm. I don't hate the trauma part. Let's be clear. I love to overshare oversharing is just kind of how I talk and exist in this world but I hate the like let's sit in a circle and all share our feelings part I feel like it's the opposite side of the coin of forced organized fun Mm. which makes sense why you would like it but this is like the dark side this is the shadow side of a three-legged race like let trauma bonding happen naturally like in a women's bathroom at a club or Uh on a podcast in your basement you know right yeah I get it that friend I have that baby talks she was my friend from college but like then she moved away for a little bit some people hadn't seen her in 10 years we hadn't seen each other in 10 years whatever she had like a I'm back home party I'm back you whittle (laughs) I'm back in town 
And she had a party. And at first, it was just like regular bar hopping, bar hopping, bar hopping. Then when we went to like the second to last bar, we sat in the back room and she said, let's play a game. Everyone goes around and asks a question and then everyone answers. And it turned into just like a trauma bond circle. Like we talked about like religious trauma. We talked about abuse. We talked about our biggest insecurities. It was terrible. I would have loved it if we were in... A cabin together. But no. Then she wanted to go to a club after that bar. And like then got upset when only one other person went with her. Who was not me. Everyone else was like, no, we're going to go to bed. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. Welcome home. <laughs> um, <laughs> so from their trauma bonding exercise, we learned Kit used to be sent away to fat camp every summer. Lucy's mother ran away when she was three. And Mimi is pregnant because she was over Christmas. A very heavy movie. And I'll get to my thoughts on uh-huh. the heavy topics later. But trauma bonding works. I told you so. Because the three <laughs> promised to be friends forever after that. Which did we not learn the first time? Did we not learn from that first <laughs> promise to be friends forever? Maybe we don't say it out loud. Maybe we try our best to keep in touch. Maybe we don't have to be pinky promising or doing blood oaths. That's fair. But I feel like after this, if anything is going to cinch it, it's this trauma bond circle. That's fair. But yeah, you have a point as well. Lucy decides to bring Ben into the fold. He felt left out that he wasn't crying all night. So she says, Ben... Why were you in jail? And it turns out he didn't kill anybody, but he drove his stepsister across state lines because she was being abused. Now, again, like scene by scene, the topics were handled very nicely. We gave the energy that we needed to give to the to the abuse of the sister. But and let's revert back to tickling. The tickling code word. You want to? Or something. Or assault. Just for the cuties that don't want to hear that word like over and over again. Okay, okay, okay. I thought about it, but then I felt like I wasn't paying it the right. Levity. Yeah, Yeah, we don't Uh have to say tickle then. Let's just say, um, yeah, let's just say assault. That way it's. The tone of this movie was like a roller coaster Uh because I feel like the heavy topics were handled well, like I said. But then it is so weird having like I love rock and roll performance, Mimi's Christmas story about her assault, a Shania Twain sing along and then child abuse <laughs> yeah even in the beginning it's like he may have killed somebody and that's like this <gasps> Hill, like i killed a man plays as they drive away i was like a little on the nose and also okay all yeah. right i guess we're doing that now <laughs> i'm surprised they didn't cut right to because earl had to die by the chicks <laughs> that should have been when spoiler alert when they punch him at the end yeah it's hard on a comedy podcast as we're like telling jokes about this but I do want to stress I feel like they handled each part really well and also it's kind of groundbreaking to have a conversation about assault where she is immediately believed and supported and that was a very nice element of Mm -hmm. the girl power like but again they presented this movie in trailers as the girl power we were being packaged was like dancing in our underwear and not so much like, oh, being a woman is a harrowing experience and we sisters need to stick together because we might be assaulted at any moment, you know? Yeah. Uh (laughs) And even in terms of like being believed, even at the end, spoiler alert, when Kit realizes it is her fiance that did it, like there's not ever any like blame on Mimi. She knows right away that he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and in fact, Kit feels terrible that Mimi didn't feel comfortable telling her. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Like, that's the takeaway. Aren't you glad you tuned in to laugh, to love, to learn? (laughs) 
Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's doing well after spending time with their family. Nice and grounded for this episode. <laughs> but just think, this episode is a million times funnier than the Britney book would have been. And that's what you really <laughs> yeah. wanted. Right. So then Lucy reads Ben a poem that she's been working on. And I think I've heard this before, but I'm not sure. It goes like this. I used to think I had the answers to everything, but now I know that life doesn't always go my way. Feels like I'm caught in the middle. That's when I realize I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. All I need is time, a moment that is mine. While I'm in between, I'm not a girl. Sometimes things are put to a backtrack for a reason. (laughs) If she would have read me this, I would have said, Okay. Now, he was right in the long run to put it to a backtrack, but I wouldn't hear this and be inspired. Be like, that's what you've been writing in your little journal for 3,000 miles? Okay. Maybe you should stick on the doctor track. Maybe we don't need to explore that creative side. Kit, Mimi, and Ben drop Lucy off at her mother's house and continue their trip. It doesn't take long before Samantha Jones herself tells her that Sarah Jessica Parker ain't the only bitch she hates. She started a new life with two sons and doesn't want to see Lucy's face again. I mean, she Mm. should have known from the moment Samantha Jones opened that door that things were not going to go well because put it on a bumper sticker. Never trust a bitch who wears pressed khaki pants casually (laughs) around the house. That's not even jeans. I trust somebody who is wearing leggings, sweatpants. I understand some people are comfortable in jeans. That's your journey. If you are wearing pressed khaki pants and a tucked in shirt, like you are Steve Irwin or worse, his daughter, the murderer. There is something really unsettling about your psyche yeah that for the pta already isn't comfortable that should not be your like casual outfit but just at home by yourself get a life someone at work the other day talked about steve Irwin and the stingray and i had to hold my lips shut so that i did not give them my my conspiracy theory uh, theory is just what i was gonna say just a theory no just a theory not conspiracy theory that makes me sound crazy i just have a theory of what happened that should be looked into and for new cuties just really quick donnie feels that bindi Irwin was behind the stingray attack and murdered her father okay what were you about to say Donnie? when you say it like that i feel like it needs to be supported you can go listen to old episodes for that backup information (laughs) so no when they were talking about it i held my lips shut because i was like this is not a safe space these are people that you don't normally work with these are people that might not be ready for that information in the brain i see yeah so i protected them because when the fbi starts cracking this case they're gonna kill everybody that knows (laughs) luckily the rest of the crew hasn't gone far so lucy in her best joey potter caught in the rain cosplay finds them at their hotel and ben plays her a song he wrote using her poetry. And in exchange for Ben giving her her music, Lucy gives him her virginity. Now, I will say, Brittany and the director fought to put the scene in the movie because the studio wanted to, like, maintain Brittany's virginity image. Mm -hmm. And those two were like, "Uh, I don't think so. So I love the director yet again. Yeah, and I think it's really funny that, of course, when the book came out, there were all of the leaks of... Mm. excerpts from the book and one that went viral that just wasn't real but will continue (laughs) to be canon in my mind was that when Britney lost her virginity to Justin Timberlake she said okay put it in and he said it's in for shiz for shiz it's already (laughs) in I got a small little dick 
Shiz for shiz. <laughs> but fun fact, Justin Timberlake didn't even fucking take her virginity. So he got all that clout and all that press and that little needle dick wasn't <laughs> even the one. I hate him. Suddenly, it could be the sex. It could just be time spent with people he doesn't normally hang out with. But Ben doesn't hate women anymore. <laughs> and he lets them listen to the music they want while driving. And they make it to LA safely, and Kit decides it's not fair that Lucy is the only one whose life is torn apart. So she visits her pizza shit fiancé and discovers he's been cheating on her. And he is also the piece of shit who assaulted Mimi. Fortunately, for no reason at all, Mimi has been teaching Kit how to throw a strong right hook, and she finally has a reason to. And again, the scene was done well. Mm-hmm. Until Mimi's world comes crashing down when she falls down the steps and loses her baby. Very heavy issues, very heavy imagery. Mm-hmm. A sad topic. However, Uh-oh. I'm not making light of anything I just said, but I did not need the Earth keychain slowly <laughs> bouncing down the steps to show that Mimi's world is falling down. <laughs> yeah, it was a triple punch because uh, what's the rule of comedy? The rule of threes? Because uh-huh. we got my name is not Kitty Cat, followed by ah. The sound that she makes before tumbling down the stairs. It's, my name is not Kitty Cat. Ah! And then the world bounce, bounce, bounce. And that was the end of the scene. I mean, wooey. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I also wish that he wasn't cheating on her. Because I feel like that would have been enough to end the relationship and be like, he's a bad guy. So I wish that, like, we just focused on the assault of it all. It sadly would have been more realistic if they all go over to the boyfriend's house and they're all hanging out and he's, like, a quote-unquote nice guy and the whole time Mm. being over-the-top nice and she finds him, like, having a hushed conversation with Mimi (gasps) in the corner and has to, like, put the pieces together and figure it out because... It's not always the guy swigging beer out of a blue bottle and being like, fuck you, kitty cat. Yeah. But instead, we got the tumble down the stairs and the world ending for her. (laughs) But again, this is from Shonda Rhimes. And that woman loves a monologue. And I don't know that we would have got a monologue. I'm not kitty cat without this video. (laughs) God. So... Lucy calls her father to save the day and take them back home. And although he obeys her wishes and shows up with a car that he is able to take her and her friends back home, when he arrives, she actually says, fuck you. I do everything for you. It's time I do something for me. I'm not a girl, but I am a woman. And just like that. Oh, no. Let me do it in Lucy's mom's voice. (laughs) And just like that. Lucy. Her mom isn't Sarah Jessica Parker. It's Kim Cattrall, so it should be. And, and just, just like, like that, that, I'm not fucking doing that show. Carrie. <laughs> Lucy takes Mimi's place at the audition with her new song. And then the girls bury a new box, this time with their pasts, because they're not wishing for the future anymore. They're just living for the present. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> That's the movie, honey. I loved it. Glad we decided to follow up Mamma Mia with this funny tale. Wait till you hear what we're doing next week. We're just as jarring as the tone of this movie. I love rock and roll. So take a tumble down the stairs and baby. (laughs) So final thoughts. Who would you cast in a reboot of this movie or what would the sequel be? Okay. So 
really just the movie doesn't need to be made again. I think it is what it is and we have it and that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But that's not the question you asked me. So (laughs) I would cast, I think the closest we have to Britney Spears in terms of like supposed to portray an image, whatever, is Olivia Rodrigo right now. So that's who I cast. And then since I went the Disney route, I cast China Ann McClain. Maybe you know her as Uma from the Descendants movies mm-hmm. as Kit. And for Mimi, you know what? We don't have a go-to actress for white trash roles anymore. Justice for Taryn Manning. There's a whole other side of the tracks of women just waiting to come to Hollywood, and we don't have it. So we need to find one. But after all that, I would make it the exact same movie. Let's use the exact same script. Halfway through, after the Louisiana karaoke contest, they hit someone in the car, and then it becomes I Know What You Did Last Summer, and they... (laughs) hide the fact that they did a hit and run uh-huh. but the person they hit is Jamie Lynn Spears <laughs> and then they get on their Instagram story and said oops got did it again <laughs> and then they bury her in the box at the end of the movie. love that yeah beautiful I think the sequel would just be a psychological thriller where Lucy's overprotective father traps her in a conservatorship mm-hmm. and then Ben plays the guitar at her while she's having an abortion mm. and for that you can read Britney's new memoir aren't you glad we didn't cover it because there's nothing <laughs> fucking funny about it Nothing. So final, final thoughts. What aged well about this movie and what aged like Blockbuster? What aged well? I think the topics are still things that happen, obviously, and Mm -hmm. need to be discussed. What aged like Blockbuster for me was, number one, the marketing of the movie. Maybe we actually tell people what the movie's about. But also the lack of cell phones or like cell phone tracking. I think the whole plot would be out the window if any of that existed. Also, no seatbelt use was really something that Uh triggered me this whole movie. They were fully like laying down with their feet outside of a convertible. Uh They were like jumping over Again, all in a convertible with the top down, jumping over the seat to go to the back and back into the front. I felt like I was watching like an action movie with a stunt double Uh and not this movie. And then also after Mimi had the miscarriage, she was reading a YM magazine. (laughs) I think what aged well, like we've said, I do think that. They handled tough topics surprisingly well. Again, the overall girl power support Mm -hmm. element. I like the fact that the guy they were hanging out with was not toxic. And even Mm. when he's like, oh, my God, I've been around girls too long. It wasn't in a aggressive, violent way. It was just in a like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up kind of way that I think any of us with brothers can really resonate with of like, you're a good guy. But yeah, it's a lot, huh? (laughs) And then I think the things that aged like Blockbuster, the accent work. Real Mm. in and out with those Southern draws. We were really (laughs) picking and choosing when we were going to be Southern. Especially Zoe Saldana. Uh All right. So to kick off the holiday season, next week we will be covering the Santa Claus, the original. I know there's like five movies and a TV show. We will be covering the original Santa Claus film. Buckle up. Yeah. Toot toot. (laughs) And that is it, cuties. We've done it again. We've gone... (laughs) crossroads <laughs> so we will talk to you later love, love you like, like a sister, sister. Bye. bye thank you for listening to i am the cute one a nostalgia podcast if you liked what you heard be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show you can follow me at real donnywood on instagram and tiktok 
And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at onochels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash one. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you Love like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.